0: I think. Okay, okay. Relatively speaking, I mean, uh-huh. he's this, he has a sense of profound sadness. Okay. Rightfully so. Yeah. I think he feels like a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to some extent, <laughs> maybe he is. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. How was your week, y'all? I mean, I'm sure for many of you, like me, it was quite long and for reasons that we did not expect or prepare for. So I'm hoping that this week, for all of us, excluding two people in particular, um, I hope we all have a better week. I really hope we're like onwards and upwards, but we'll talk about those two little idiots in a second. Let's talk about what's going on in pop culture today. We're going to start off on a high note with our, can I get a hell yeah going to none other than Sammy motherfucking sweetheart. You heard it here. Sammy's coming back to Jersey shore family reunion. I'm actually like feeling some type of way about this in a good way because I just was... When they came back for Family Reunion originally, years ago, it was Ron. And Sam refused to come back. She was like, listen, my life is great. I don't want to bring up old shit. And they even made a whole joke in the first couple episodes about, like, bringing a a blow-up doll, Sam, right? And she's, like, the de facto Sam for the house. So, Here's the thing. Um, Ronnie was an abusive piece of shit. I think he would probably agree with that now. And, um, I think, I think everybody would agree with that with regard to not only his treatment of Sam, but, uh, the last five years. I think he's been sober for a year, but, you know, the last several leading up to that sobriety. Um, he has been put on pause, if you will, by MTV in order for him to, like, get his life together after that, like, several highly abusive relationships that he had. But I was always like, damn, that really sucks for Sam because clearly she has a reason and a very good reason for not wanting to come back. And it just sucks that like, you know, she couldn't get a bag because they basically chose Ronnie over her. And then we have to spend seasons being like, that's so funny that you uh, got drug.'" outside of your car by your girlfriend Ronnie that's so that's so crazy. Oh man. Uh, anybody want to go for shots? Like it was wild. <laughs> Actually got to tell you guys, I had an original concept for this show um that is nothing like this show. <laughs> Actually, I mean, it has to do with, like, celebrity and pop culture. But um I will tell you, because, you know, even though we're three years into the game at this point, I'm still, like, kicking around this idea as maybe a Patreon series. But Ronnie was the first subject that I wanted to talk about. Like, I have it in my notes. Ronnie from Jersey Shore. And, like, talk about how fucked up he is. And I have not done it, but I think maybe... Maybe now's the time. But anyway, shout out to you. And um, I'm actually really more interested in this because, you know, unlike Alexia from Real Housewives of Miami, I do scroll down to the end of the page of a website. And they included an interview from Snooki from back in like September of 2022, in which she said that she was really excited or she, you know, really wants Sammy to come back and that like back in 2020, she had reached out to her to come back on the show and sammy's like ah eh, no like not for me but then she said i reached out to her recently so like late 2022 to dm her to like reach out to her for whatever reason and you had her blocked and she has no idea why she's like i'm rooting for her i don't know why she blocked me but you know i wish her all the best so yeah let's start off with some drama why did you block her girl let's get into it hell yeah i'm excited Let's move on. Um, just a quick couple plugs. Well, I'll do one and then I'll do another one later. (laughs) This one is for the Instagram at everyone's business, but mine. One thing about me is that I really love fashion. I am a Met Gala slut. And I know that like, there have been a ton of rumors, by the way, I wasn't even going to talk about this, that Anna Wintour was not going to include the Kardashians in the uh, Met Gala invitations, which would have... Be an absolute mana from heaven for me personally, and you know several others. I would imagine, but uh, I don't know if that's entirely true. So I'm, you know, keeping my confetti gun at the ready. I just don't think there's a whole lot of truth to this, but we'll see. But anyway, um, as I'm recording this, it's Oscar night. I have done the thing that I have not done in over a decade, which I've actually watched four, four of the best picture nominees for this year. Um, the plug for the Instagram, however, is because I love fashion so much, I really love the red carpet. So I am going to start sharing my favorite looks from the red carpet from major awards and events. So yeah, check that out. I will be sharing my thoughts over there at everyone's business, but mine on Instagram. Um, but, yeah, so far I've seen Tar, Elvis. I just watched Women Talking last night. They were correct about that. Um, and what was the other one I watched? Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And so I'm excited. I feel like I'm in the game now. I'm like, I'm like a fair weather fan when it comes to this shit. Like, you know, somebody who gets really excited. I'm, you know, I'm shade. this is really shade to my mom. Gets excited when, like, a local team gets far in a in a championship or something like then you're like oh like now i'm really invested in this so that's me and i gotta say i liked tar i liked it i know it's very divisive but i really liked it but i could see why people didn't because you really get dropped into a world that is very like uh pretentious and just like all consuming so i get it but i loved it because one thing about me because pretentious, so <laughs> I have no problem admitting that, um, so yeah, I liked it, I liked it, I actually think that may have been, oh, I would tie that with everything everywhere all at once, am I saying that right, it feels like I'm saying it wrong every single time, but, um, yeah, I would say that those were neck and neck, Elvis, you guys, <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I really have a feeling that Austin Butler might win best actor, so, you know, let's mark it here first, but, uh, He was fine. I would even say better than fine. I would even go so far to say solidly good in his role. However, the idea of me being like an hour and a half into this and being like, okay how many civil rights leaders are going to die and we're going to have to see Elvis reacting to this as though these were the touchstones of his life and his career. But like we never, it was just weird. Like I didn't understand what the purpose of that was. I feel like it happened three times and I'm like, why, why are we doing this? Like, it just didn't really make sense to me. Um, actually maybe i'll do my second plug here i actually did like a two-part series on elvis before this whole movie came out and like how weird he is and um you know colonel tom parker so you can check that out on the patreon patreon.com slash ebbm podcast um you know the story his real life story is interesting do i think that he is necessarily stan worthy no, but I also feel like the people who are really standing Elvis, they're not like a Nicki Minaj fan. Like they just sit there and mind their own business and they go to Graceland and they like, you know, do their own thing. So, I, you know, y'all do y'all do it. I don't care. My other thing about Austin Butler is like, what else is he going to do after this? You know, because <laughs> now he's got that accent. And you guys are like so protective over him having that accent being like, what's wrong with you guys for being judgment? Like, he has an accent now that did not exist. We roasted Madonna to hell and back for that English accent that she had between like 1990, whenever she was married to that British man. Um, So, you know, I can get my licks in on that. Like, it's weird. It's weird. Okay. And that's fine. It's harmless. But I can get a joke in it's weird anyway. Um, Oh, you know, side note y'all, do you guys, I'm really off track this. Do you guys know that Priscilla, um, and Riley Keogh are now fighting <sighs> after Lisa Marie died? There was like a lot of, uh, I guess situations. She had a couple life insurance policies out. Um, there's other money tied up, you know, much like a lot of people, who, you know, like a Michael Jackson or a Prince, like these people who are used to spending money like it's water, they're usually not as financially solvent at, you know, at, we find out at their passing, but then, you know, they die and all the money comes in because people are like, uh, you know, supporting them, but also they're not, you know, no shade, but like they're not here to spend the money. So now there's a whole issue between Lisa Marie and sorry, Priscilla and, uh, Riley over money. Like they're fighting and that's really sad. That's like really, you're, you don't be beefing with your grandmama. Like, why is Priscilla doing this? Give her that money. What do you need the money? Why are you fighting with your granddaughter over, over inheritance money for her mother? Girl, like, I feel like this could be worked out. Allegedly, they're not speaking to each other. And I think that's very sad. Anyway, um, I'm back to talk about Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham. Okay. So you can skip ahead five minutes if you're not interested, but I'm here. I'm here to talk about them and how weird they are. And I'm loving it. I'm having a good time. And hopefully it's, it's palpable to you all too. So the lawsuit continues. If you guys were not aware, um, there has been a lawsuit pending between uh, Nicola Nelson, her Trump supporting billionaire father, and a couple of the two of um, what appears to be several uh, pl- wedding planners for Nicola's wedding to Brooklyn. Now, they hired three different wedding teams to help design and plan the wedding. The first one, you know, these were all high-powered, you know, celebrity A-list design teams, party planners, Right. First one, things don't work out. I think he said that it was just like a little bit overwhelming. They had like a 300 guest list or something. So then they move on to uh, team number two. It was comprised of um, two ladies named uh, Nicole and Ariana. They have a company called uh, Plan Design Events, right? So they were only on this wedding for like two or three weeks before they were like, we cannot do this. And it was also... They hired them six weeks out before the wedding date, So it was just like too much for them. And they were like, you know what? We can't do this. Get somebody else to do it. During the planning, they had, you know, obviously they have retainer fees, deposits. We all know how these things go. Things that are often non-refundable. So the duo design team got $150,000, $159,000 from the Pelts family and Nelson, the daddy wants his deposit back. They have been going back and forth for at least a month now. Nelson sued them. They counter sued saying that there was a breach of contract. And, you know, because of that, we have to enter into the, the discovery phase and release the text messages. Now, these are funny to me because it really highlights how strange these two are. Now, if you guys haven't known, Brooklyn has been trying like every rich kid um, you know, career that you could think of. Photographer, he's now attempting to be a chef. So at one point during the wedding planning, he texts uh on a group chat with, you know, Nicola and the wedding planners and uh Nicola's mother Claudia, um, one of his ideas. It was a Brooklyn burger, like a double or single burger, and a Nicola burger, which, W-I-T-C-H, has lettuce instead of a bun for the girls, and normal fries, or like truffle fries. (laughs) You heard it here first. Women can't have bread. Lettuce only for the girls. And here's where I'm going to enter my hat into the ring, okay? Maybe, um, you know, the failing New York Times (laughs) can hire me to do some real journalism to ask Brooklyn Beckham, what is a regular fry? What constitutes a regular fry instead of this weird anti-trans shit that you guys are doing? How about that? Let's get some real investigative journalism back in the newspapers for once. Speaking of anti-trans shit, I do have to give Nicola... Uh, three claps for this one because, you know, like I said, her daddy is very conservative and she made sure, Now, this is something that, you know, we can strike this from the record. She made a point, you know, Um, made sure that Ron DeSantis was not invited to her wedding. Like here are the following list of of government officials and politicians that I do not want there. Texting the planners at one o'clock in the morning being like, please make sure Ron DeSantis is not on this guest list. And for that, so now the update is that we're getting into some kind of like Streisand effect shit where you're now bringing more attention to this story that you claim you don't want to have attention being brought to, right? So Nicola and Claudia filed to have themselves removed from this lawsuit. Nelson is claiming that the, they were not initially listed in the lawsuit and that they were only mentioned in the counter suit. And because of that, they were trying to, they feel that the design team was trying to bring more attention to this by like using Nicola's celebrity uh, to like, as sort of like a bargaining chip. One that basically the family would be so intimidated by the fact that they don't want to mess up whatever Nicola's fame is, is, whatever that is. And so that they would in turn drop the lawsuit. But Nelson's like, I see what you guys are doing and I'm going to stand 10 toes down in the shit, which actually, again, causes way more attention to the situation. than if you just let this go in the first place, you're a fucking billionaire. What does $150,000 mean to you? I mean, honestly, in this countersuit was some pretty interesting th- things to me, which is that Claudia and Nicola insisted that the design team not tell Nelson about how much they were spending on the glam team. Now this is not even including travel to get the team. They had the wedding at their home, at the Peltz family home, her parents' home. So not including travel, a hundred thousand dollars on hair and makeup. (laughs) How is that possible? How on just her? And this is not even the bridal party. Just on her. What? (laughs) They also included something shady, which is that the, um, you know, they had to deal with the guest list. Now, one of the things that the Pelses complained about was that um, the girls, the design team, rather, did not get the guest list stuff correct. Like, this was a constant issue in the two weeks that they were hired to do this job. But um, the Beckhams had their shit, like, tight. Everything was ready and prepared and organized. So they're saying the design team is saying that uh Nicola and Claudia were like very adamant that nothing get leaked back to the Beckhams, that they had like an organizational mess on their end <laughs> because the Brooklyn's had that the Beckhams had their shit together. It's sad. It's sad. So I hope you guys really hop on the strange meet co- with me because they're weird. They're weird. It's just funny to me. They even had like a source close to the Pelts and Beckhams leak a little bit of information to People Magazine saying that Nelson, her dad, is not a litigious man. He's not sued anyone in 15 years. But when it comes to his daughter, he will protect her always. He's a loving father who engaged in an alleged agreement with a group that couldn't live up to the experience they sold him. Despite the issues, they were able to pull off a -a once-in-a-lifetime wedding for his daughter. I mean, let it go. (laughs) She's been married almost a year now. What could possibly have gone wrong? This is giving like Adriana, my foot could have been broken in a thousand pieces. Everything was fine, kind of, except for y'all being weird. <laughs> Everything was fine. So why, are, well, just let it go. Just let it go. Because here's the thing, Nicola and Brooklyn want to be like Justin and Haley Bieber. I know they want to be famous like that, but you guys keep harping on a wedding planner who cares? It's like a drop in the bucket. Who gives a shit? I do. Moving on. Alright, let's move into some Bravo news. Last week you guys probably heard that Ralph Pittman and Drew Sedora of the Real Housewives of Atlanta raced to that courthouse, baby. <laughs> the courthouse of my home county, Gwinnett County, um, uh, to both File for divorce now we all thought that maybe Ralph had filed first because he put the statement out to People magazine first, but come to find out drew and her track team uh experience hustled down to the courthouse sixty one minutes before Ralph. However, he got that statement out to people first, so I mean they were just absolutely petty about this whole thing, but things have gotten a little bit more serious. Um, In Drew's filing, some bits of information have come out. Um, The first being that she cited they were divorced, or excuse me, their separation in February of 2023. And that was due to Ralph's quote, repeated, uncondoned adultery, and that she simply cannot take his continued blatant disrespect and mental abuse. And that Ralph is a serial cheater and abuser. So Ralph has denied this. He claims that she, no cheating, no beating. Um, and he's trying to get custody of the two kids that they share drew has a an older child uh through a different relationship did drew did ralph ever get that book out about how he's like the greatest stepdaddy in the world because i guess (laughs) maybe we should hit pause on that one (laughs) no i don't think we're gonna get that to print but Ralph is also claiming that over the course of their relationship, Drew never really paid for anything, including during the time that she was being employed by Bravo, and he wants her kicked out of their uh, home, their family home. So, oh, God in heaven. All right, moving on to Southern Charm. I mean, there was another... Uh... No, I was going to say cheating scandal, but neither of those words apply to the situation. Basically, um, Austin and Shep's ex-girlfriend Taylor are hooked up. Okay. It's being alleged that there was an initial um, admission that they had just made out. This happens early on in the season that they're filming. I think maybe they just wrapped up filming or they're about to. Um, and that it very quickly came out that it was more than just a make out. So, I mean, listen... Uh, There's been a lot of conversation because of like the scandal of of it all that, you know, like certain people are being hypocritical because uh, shows are built on cheating and like who are we to blow this situation out of proportion and compare it to that one. But I just think, honestly, all of these situations are subjective. Like Kristen Doty even said, I would never compare the situation that went down between me ariana and tom to what's going on between tom ariana and raquel we were in our early 20s we should have broken up years before we actually did we were both cheating on each other we were you know young dumb and full of cum basically (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to put it lightly but you're talking about a situation where these people are in their 30s and 40s bought a home together we're clearly planning on building and and living a life together at least one of them was and um you know the stakes were just a lot higher so with that being said like am i about to compare uh austin and taylor hooking up to ariana and tom no fucking way first of all um Shep and Taylor had no business being together. (laughs) Like they were not a match in any way, shape or form. Also, it was very obvious the entire time, even for me who like watched Southern charm at maybe a 40% retention rate for every episode that Austin had the hots for Taylor and vice versa. Like this was a car crash just waiting to happen. And we all saw it. I think they even talked about it at the reunion. Like you guys have chemistry with each other. So Am I surprised? No. What I am like a little bit surprised about is the fact how this, how this page six article was being written with regard to Taylor. Because as far as we've been presented, Taylor is like the good Christian girl who tried to, sh- tr- tried to uh, train and, and change Shep. Who just could not be changed. And she tried and tried. With a good little church going heart. And just nothing nothing worked. But the way they write this article is that she has like turned a whole other leaf. And she is out here. Out here. That um, they're like Taylor's go- almost gone through the whole cast minus Craig. <laughs> there are I guess rumors of her hooking up with Whitney. Which those are unconfirmed. Um. The story is that, like I said, they initially copped to making out, but there was more than that. And apparently this season is going to be all about Taylor. The women of the cast don't fuck with her because they feel like she's an opportunist who will sleep with anybody to, uh, you know, rise to the top. Now, I just feel like, haven't we done this song and dance like eight times here? Like, why are we constantly slut shaming These women are being like, oh, this one slept with Whitney and Shep. This one slept with Craig and Shep. This one slept with Whitney, Craig, and Shep. It's like, you guys are as much of a common denominator in this situation as the women are. But it's we never talk about that. There was only that one season where something finally clicked and they were like, actually... Fuck you guys, and fuck you too, and and fuck Foghorn Leghorn over there with the red face and the bourbon, and what Sermet's restaurant? You know Thomas's friend, you know the one who's always like, whoa, 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 you know that guy, that idiot. They were like, "Uh, let's talk about how you cheat on your thin eyebrowed wife. How about that, you idiot?" And he was like, "I don't know what you guys are talking about." That was the best season of Southern John by far, where they all the women had just had it, and then I don't know what happened. It's like they all went back into their holes, and it's weird. With that being said, if Taylor stopped being, um, in my opinion, quite boring and is now like uh, evil, great, but I also have watched I've watched every season of the show. Okay? And I just I'm just feeling like I should read between the lines here. It just seems like they're doing what they did to uh what's her face Catherine? who i don't think is on the show anymore you know um labea what's her, <laughs> who's the french girl who did you know i just shamedly admitted to watching every season of the show couldn't tell you a name labasia not labasia Bay. Lebe? is that the name of her her store her store the, you know the french one who dated craig um she also fucked Whitney and everybody was like, woo! Good for you, girl. So what's the difference? Like, I feel like she gets to be out here and doing whatever and nobody bothers her, but it's just certain women who get this edit of being, like, bad or whatever. Opportunistic. So now I I will say that I actually kind of am interested in, in Southern Charm. I will say that. Oh, by the way, you guys, do you guys realize that there was a I know that we had all been like those who'd been like even kind of following the Murda murders situation, wondering if there was a possible connection between any of the members of Southern charm and Alec Murda and his family. And I found one wasn't that juicy, but I was able to find it. So you'll have to forgive me because I heard about this like weeks ago and this is just, I heard it once and I'm just going to have to repeat it. So my understanding is that, you know, the Murdoch family were the solicitor of Hampton County for, um, you know, like almost a hundred years or something, several decades, up until 2006 or five or eight, somewhere around there. Um, At that point, the following year, they knew Celeste, solicitor the new solicitor is a guy named duffy stone he was like great friends with the Murdaws to the point where he had to recuse himself from this trial because of his connections with them he was good friends with uh the brother and Alec, i think so it was just you know a huge conflict of interest side note he didn't recuse himself from that case until about three months in because he was trying to be a little sneaky pete about it but you know Obviously, those, none, nothing worked out for Alec, did it? And amen for that. Um, with that being said, so Duffy Stone takes over. Duffy is married to a woman who's also in politics. And that woman was uh, Thomas's father's... Like, they worked in the same political office as each other when Thomas's father was in politics. So... That is the connection. To me, it stands to reason very reasonably that, um, you know, because frankly, they're age peers, that Thomas and Alec would have been running in very similar circles, would have if I think being aware of each other would have been a minimum. I'm positive there would have been some sort of like, we're going to, you know, some Christmas gala together or... We see each other hunting or, you know, at the polo field or something. I think there had to have been a lot of crossover, but that's all alleged. Oh, I saw a TikTok of a... (laughs) A TikTok of a bridal party on their, like, bachelorette vacation. And they went down to Moselle, that place, the the house where Paul and Maggie were shot. (laughs) Y'all, what is going on? Okay, and with that, let's end, before I recap the Real Housewives of Miami part one reunion, get into some scandal updates. Now, I mean, I'm not gonna, we're just gonna condense it down to what's happened in the last 48 hours. I don't want to, like, consume you guys with every little minute detail, right? So... First, we're going to talk about uh, Schwartz getting caught at LAX by TMZ and just, like, standing there awkwardly at the ter- terminal uh, talking about this whole situation. Now, granted, I think he probably can't say too much because they're actively filming. They haven't done the reunion. Obviously, everything is flipped upside down for them. Um, so I feel like this is going to be the last of, like, the real information that we get out of these cast members until we see it on the show. Um, So he said, you know, he's talking about Stanfall saying he's okay. I think, you know, relatively speaking, I mean, he has a sense of profound sadness and rightfully slow. So no, not rightfully so. Um, I think he feels like a piece of shit. And to some extent, maybe he is. Okay. He is to all extents. That's fair and true and fair and reasonable. Um, he like went on to say that I guess he had never, he has not spoken to Sheena or Raquel since everything went down. Um, but he was just like really sad. I guess he hadn't speak, spoken to Ariana either. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, what, what, what is he going to say? He did say that he did not, he said that he was like, not, he doesn't think that he was being a oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's backtrack <laughs> unless he was being used as a decoy by Sandoval and Raquel he basically saying like I didn't really know about anything I didn't I, I'm not, my name is Bennett and I'm not in it but then he also said like oh I can't really talk about it and you know you're gonna find out later like what really went on so you know I stick by my theory that I feel like I don't think he knew the whole time, but I think he's probably known since like the holidays, January at the very latest. That's just my theory based on truly nothing. I know that I've told you guys that like anything that you hear is, you know, about the situation is going to be vetted, but I will tell you when I literally don't know, I don't know this. This is just, this is just straight coming off of my dome here. But anyway, um, you know, what I did tell you guys last week was, sheena did not hit raquel and i knew that to be true and um you know we don't have to get into the fact that i said that a couple days ago like a week ago a couple days before everybody else and y'all know, you didn't want to listen to me but that's fine because because we all know now we're now we're all on the same page it's just waiting for you and i can be patient that's okay um but Yeah, so Raquel tried to, again, throw everything at the wall, including Sheena, by saying that Sheena pushed her against the brick wall, causing injury to the back of her head, and that she punched her in the face, causing injury to her left eye. Uh, She had a laceration on her eyebrow and blurred vision. Girl, okay. Um... So Sheena's lawyer counteracted and said, this case is a fabrication by a known liar and a cheat who has betrayed everyone close to her. Sheena never punched Raquel period. Okay. The supposed dark markings around her left. eye have been there for months. Neither Sheena nor other cast members want anything to do with Raquel moving forward so because of this sheena's got to kick it down to the courthouse on march 29th to plead her case to tell her side of the story as to why she uh you know is not deserving of this restraining order but as of now there's like a temporary restraining order in which they cannot be sheena and raquel be physically within a hundred yards of each other currently they were supposed to film the reunion in like a week and a half or so. This creates a whole situation because it's going to have to be one or the other showing up. They can't even do a zoom um, because, well, they could, it, it would be very difficult for them to be doing a zoom unless they had like one of them there. And then one of like, let's say Raquel was the one who was zooming in. Sheena would have to leave the stage at that point because they can't be directly communicating with another. They can't, you know, they can't even be, like, have an intermediary between them. So, like, Raquel couldn't be on the Zoom and say something, and, like, Sheena couldn't respond at all. Like, so it would be just be very difficult. So, hopefully, they're going to change the date of the Reunion, but, I mean, it still would just be dependent as to whether or not the restraining order actually gets enacted. So this really puts the reunion in, like, a really precarious state, which I think, in my opinion, is exactly what Raquel was trying to do in the first place. She wanted to create some distance as much as she could between herself and the cast, and she was like, well, let me just, like, find something some excuse that i cannot be there or i can be the victim in some form or fashion um but yeah her, uh sheena's lawyer goes on to say that um you know sheena intends to present her witness witnesses and her evidence to disprove these allegations she's excited to have her day in court and to have the judge hear both sides of the story um so yeah i'm i'm with you sheena i'm with you girl Now, uh, I did on my Patreon last week, the Miami girl episodes, uh, that's season three episodes 12 and 13, I believe. Um, what I should have done and what I left out and what I'm going to include here is a, an interview that Anne Marie did, uh, back in 2015, talking about this whole situation that I found quite interesting because I did not know this Information. So I found this from heavy.com. This is, like I said, January 2015. And it says, Some think Anne Marie Kunkel was crazy for flying across the country to confront Tom Sandoval. Well, Kristen says she understands because Kunkel felt betrayed by Tom. According to Kunkel's story, she and Tom talked for hours and had a connection before they had sex. Then, Tom called Kunkel a liar, saying that it never happened. Kunkel says that they met out hanging at the Mondrian Hotel in Miami, and Tom asked her if she had a boyfriend. She said that the guy said that they were single and that she and Tom had a heart-to-heart talk for hours. And so she goes on saying, oh, well, excuse me, rather, Tom uh, spilled his guts to pop dust to... (laughs) which really like dates this whole situation saying a lot of facts were left out. The girl sold a story to a tabloid for money. Yet everything was fun for people to think it was my word against hers. Now, Anne-Marie went on to say that the reason why she was in LA was not to confront Tom. It was because she was in California that summer visiting her father. Anne-Marie is from uh New York and was working as a receptionist at the time. She also said that um, allegedly Tom was on Molly and that he got quite aggressive with her and she was uh, on her period at the time and Tom was insistent that they just keep going anyway, but he only lasted three seconds, which she was, uh, you know, relieved about. And uh, yeah, that was basically it. Um, She goes on to say that... I can only imagine how Ariana feels because she's with this guy and she thinks he's so sweet, but he's not. He's heartless. And with that, y'all, that will be it for our pop culture roundup for this week. Stay tuned for our, our, my recap of the part one of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion, which was actually pretty juicy and interesting. Girl. And that girl's for Alexia and Adriana and Larsa and Larsa. All right, let's move on. Right. Maybe that so was your response me. because you felt like you were well, attacked and then you said you're it. I'm a star, I'm a star because it's not right? even that. Right. I still believe it and I encourage all of you to believe it because if you believe that you wouldn't have not let Lenny do all the things he's done to you. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. yes. Wow. You need to have wow. wow. self-confidence, Lisa. Oh, my God. oh no. Wow.
1: No. Wow. That is wow. not wow. right.
0: Part 1 of the reunion of Real Housewives in Miami aired last week so we got to get into it. Uh I mean, we started pretty hot in my opinion. Like the boyfriends are there and this is why I just love them. Like bring on uh Michael Jordan's son. Bring on uh, Jody, Lisa's new boyfriend, who by the way, there are rumors coming out just like yesterday that Jody was married and there may have been some uh, Venn diagramming of Lisa, or maybe he was engaged. He was in a whole relationship, and it was a very serious one. We'll just put it that way. And I think that there may have been some crossover happening with Lisa and the last relationship. But um, you know, more on that later. I guess people are are purporting him to be very fame hungry, so I guess we'll see. We'll see. Oh, Jody, Jody, Lisa having a boyfriend named Jody something we need to think about i don't it doesn't sound right in my ear i will say that when the ladies come out on stage andy's like wow you guys all look gorgeous i mean i wish i was straight i think <laughs> but andy asks nicole oh do you recognize this set because it was the bank vault from her engagement party right and doesn't miss a beat that doctor she goes larsa do you recognize the set and there she goes, no, I don't. I, I don't know. Shade. Immediate shade. And I, I love it. I love it. I love that when he introduced them, like, he, you know, he says his hellos at the beginning. Almost all of them got up and gave a full look, got a little twirl. I loved seeing Gertie's, what did she say, it was 25 pound, just diamond stone you know, twenties style dress. They all looked the fuck good. Actually. Everybody is in some kind of metal aesthetic, right? Except for Lisa who wore black because, she, you know, my divorce really felt like a funeral. So it just felt like appropriate. <laughs> how do we know? How do you guys not love these women? The drama. Let's me not forget that last season when they late, the ladies had some sort of funeral slash memorial for Alexia's mother. Everybody wore black except for Lisa, who wore highlighter yellow. (laughs) Like, maybe it's like a lime green tight club dress to a daytime memorial for somebody's mother. Everybody takes a shot of tequila beforehand and then we get into it. Straight into it, asking Nicole, what's going on with you and Anthony's finances? How do you guys have all these cars and the boat and the plane and the $44 million house? And Nicole's explanation was, we didn't buy that house for $40 million. We bought it for $13 million. And I guess we're supposed to think that that's like reasonable or something. But anyway, I love Nicole. Let's move on. I honestly don't care how they get the money. Alexia asks oh, does that money come from Anthony? Is that his money or yours? And she just shrugged. She goes, well, I spend his money like it's mine. So, (laughs) you know what? And that's right. That is exactly right. Then Andy asked Julia about Martina's health. Since she had that double cancer diagnosis, she had stage one uh, throat and breast cancer. The craziest thing of it all is that Martina had had a mammogram like, a few months prior to them catching the throat cancer. They didn't catch anything, but only after they found that discovered the throat cancer, they gave her a scan and they were able to find that she did have cancer cells in her breast tissue. So it was like a unlucky, lucky situation because who knows how long her breast cancer would have developed before they actually found it. I, I can't believe it. It's just like so shocking I don't think Julia really gave any details as to how Martina is doing currently, which is concerning, but I really hope she's doing well. Julia says that they were able to discover the throat cancer because she had some like swollen lymph nodes. She had just gotten the shingles vaccine and thought maybe it was a side effect of that. (laughs) So Alexia says, Oh gosh, like I was scared to get the shingles vaccine myself. And Larissa goes, what are shingles? I don't even know what that is. Here's my thing with Larsa. I figured it out as a girl who like had to grow up and be smart and read a lot of books and like, you know, was like head bitch in charge of the ITBS test. I just don't get how Larsa, like, what does she know? Like, if we don't know the same things, Larsa has, I'm not even going to say she doesn't know anything. What does she know? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what has she learned? Because Lars is, like, a good chunk older than I am. And, like, how does she not know what... Like, she's pushing 50, right? She's gotta be. How do you not know what shingles are? And it's not even just the shingles. It's, like, everything. So, like, what do you know? I don't even know if I want the answer to that. Anyway, Lisa talks about how she has good ish, bad, and worse days with regard to her life post-Lenny and, you know, their daughter was two. She doesn't know anything about what's going on, but occasionally their son will pop up and say something here and there. She says they have not gone anywhere with regard to their divorce. There's been no movement. They haven't even seen a judge yet. And Larsa keeps playing peanut gallery like, yeah, it's like a really long process for me too. It was like like three years. It was like It's really hard. It's like really hard. So Andy... Says that, that, you know, production reached out to Lenny to see if he wanted to appear and he declined. And then Lenny, excuse me, Lisa says that she suggested to Lenny, why don't you just like maybe do a sit down or us two will do a sit down with Andy. He can tell his side. Maybe it would help. (laughs) No, you did not think that girl, but we, we love you for trying. So Andy then asks about Lenny's hot mic moment. Lisa says she did not see it until it aired. So Andy asked, you know, what was your reaction? And then Lisa says it confirmed everything. So Andy asks if she suspected anything about them being together before. And Larissa goes, well, she found them in the hot tub together. Remember that? So I have a feeling Lisa was not going to tell that story. <laughs> Larsa not said anything. Not at all. But she says there was some party they were sitting a little too close in the hot tub so she goes up to them and is like what's going on he's mumbling doesn't have an answer so she grabs him takes him out of the hot hot tub and like gives homegirl a look right and none of the other women seem to know this except for Larsa which you know confirms my theory that she probably wasn't trying to keep this (laughs) keep this in the bank vault okay but Lisa says that you know It just was like a weird situation. But now I'm like, do I need to go back and watch the first few episodes? Because I swear, she said this shit came out of nowhere. She did not see this coming. We were a happy family three weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, this man says that he um, wants to divorce me. But Doug... We find out that this happened, the hot tub situation happened a year before last season's reunion. So, you know what I mean? But anyway, Alexia's is like, I'm sorry, but you too nice, bro. Like, I, I'm just sitting here just, like, getting hated to just thinking about it. But, like, again, why are we acting like this came out of nowhere, Lisa? You know? I mean, it's equally as tragic that he was just like, Pfft chilling in a hot tub devil may care than him like hitting you with uji like i don't know i don't i just don't know why she told the story we all saw it lisa most of all you turns out but anyway um andy asks why did you guys go to formula one weekend knowing that lenny was going to be there their answer was just like oh we had planned like a week before that we were already going so lisa claims that the one person who posted Uh, The video, the interaction between Lisa and Lenny and the new girlfriend was Marina. But then she tells a very confusing story about how Marina... Marina sounds like a flip-flopper, frankly. So she posts this video because she's mad at Lenny for what he did. And then Lisa goes to New York for BravoCon. This weekend, I guess, falls over the same time as her um a father-in-law's birthday. Lenny was then able to convince Marina and her dad that his dad that uh Lisa had gone to New York for selfish reasons, and so Marina totally flips the script and invites the girlfriend to the birthday party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy then asks if Lisa's still buying groceries for Lenny and she says yes and Something about people liking different types of peanut butter. Not sure why this factors into her buying groceries for Lenny, but okay. Um, Then Alexia says, I'm actually surprised that he would even still be picking up the phone for you still. Like he did during the last confessional. But let's be real, guys. The truth is, just like Peter Thomas from uh, Real Houses of Atlanta and Potomac, um, chatty patty. You know, Chatty Patty. he loves being in the spotlight, which is why his ass is on page six every five hours doing whatever little scrap of information he can, throwing dirt on Lisa's name. Like, he loves this shit. If he didn't love this shit, he would be have tried at some point <laughs> between... You would think... Like this now I'm really thinking about it, it's really blowing my mind. Like, not at any point has Lenny tried to redeem his character at all. Like, he knew that this hot mic situation would come out. He's no not made one single attempt to make himself look better. And I don't know if somebody is in his ear or if these are decisions that he's fully making on his own, but I would if I were the girlfriend, be embarrassed if my man was on the phone with whoever from page six, no shade to these writers, get money. But like, if he was on, like, talking shit about his ex as frequently as Lenny does publicly, that would give me pause. Like, I wouldn't be encouraging him to do that. Like, that to me is embarrassing. So, ugh, Lisa then goes on to expand on what she was talking about during the finale, when she was just going off on Lenny over FaceTime that, okay. So yeah, they had their Halloween party at the house, right? They decided to do a joint party. His girlfriend couldn't be there because she filed a temporary restraining order on Lisa. (laughs) Good God. And so you still had this joint Halloween party. Okay. Okay, Lisa, but both of you, frankly, but she's there. Lenny's having the time of his life. He's flirting with a bunch of other chicks. Uh, He goes on to another party with another chick and allegedly makes out with a girl there. So I don't know why he's saying that I had two lovers to page six when, you know, he was out there and everybody saw him. Andy says he doesn't understand why Lenny would agree to film any of this. Any of the season at all. So Lisa says, exactly what I thought. And I feel like I told you guys my prediction that he was going to wait until the end of the season. And that's what he told her. I was going to wait until we wrapped filming, but there was one night where she was out with her girlfriends until four o'clock. She was hung over the next day and he just looks at her and he goes, I'm disgusted. It's over. I want a divorce. Lisa says that Lenny is throwing around the D word divorce. For the past fifteen years of their relationship, it's always been looming. He always throws it out, and everybody's like, yeah, "It's really fucked up." Gertie even goes so far as to say that's abusive, which I agree. And so then Andy asks, "Like, did you guys ever had issues with money? And you know, did he have a problem with how you spent money?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, but I was also working at his spa for free. It's not like I was some do nothing bitch." So, Andy then asks Lisa if she still loves him. And then she hesitates and goes, right now, no. This wasn't the person I thought I was married to for 15 years. And then she says, Jodi, her new boyfriend, is the complete opposite of Lenny. He's in her corner. and He really wants her to win. I feel like if Jody was not in the picture, or even, you know, backstage, I feel like her answer to, would you get back to with Lenny may have been a little bit different but who's to say we'll never know I really think that the worst thing for Lisa is to be divorced and I think that that's mostly from a support angle like when she said in a confessional at one point you know if he asked if we could get together back together for the kids I would say yes but why who on earth would do that Mean a knowingly shitty relationship that your kids know it's shitty, and that you're only together for that. Why would you do that? Other than like you know, security. You know what I mean? I just I don't think that Lisa really. I don't think she cares about love. You know, I, I think like love. You can be married, and and love has nothing to do with it. I think she believes that, and I think you know if everybody can do whatever they want. Like if that's the kind of relationship that you want, that's more of an arrangement and you guys are a unit, then that's totally fine. You know, if everybody's down to clown, you know, let's put on our noses and get in the car. You feel me? But uh, 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 I just, I would really love to pick Lisa's brain. I'll say that. But I should also say that I don't really think that that's like, Lisa really I'm just saying it's like specifically even as far as his cast goes like I think that's probably a very Miami way of looking at your partnerships same way it probably is in Beverly Hills and things like that like there are things that you kind of expect like I imagine in Beverly Hills you find out that people get divorced and then the guy married somebody thirty years younger than him eighteen months later is that really that shocking? I don't think it is as shocking as it would be in other places in the world you know so i think that like in miami it's like you know your body is currency looking hot as currency youth and money and new money and flashy and best and you're walking into the club with like the hottest most you know hairless woman that you can find i think you just kind of know what it is you know what i mean so I don't, like, specifically point my finger at Lisa. I just think that she's trying to sell us on, like, this being some sort of romance that failed when we know what it is, girl. Like Unfortunately, this was the time where you were going to have to pack your knives and go, so to speak, you know? You're just fading away like the end of the America's Next Top Model episode. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know this like i just, let's just not pretend like it was something different anyway andy starts his next segment but we're like blah, 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 like interrupted by marisol on a blowhorn adriana is walking in with all of her delusions and excuses and andy asked why adriana invited larsa to go get her B- bbl when she was so judgmental about larsa's ass and she's like well i just wanted to give her a chance to own it <laughs> and of course I was just like oh what what do you mean what are you talking about so of course Adriana could have made a point but once again she chose weirdness so she says that BBL stands for Brazilian butt lift so it wasn't like she was appropriating culture because it's not called an LBL or a Lebanese butt lift okay okay <laughs> okay Andy point blank asked Larsa if she got a BBL. She goes, no, it's natural. Now the next question would have been, did you get fat transfers? But, you know, we never want to go that far, do we? Last some real questions. But anyway, he goes, everybody believes that? Does everybody believe that Larsa got her ass done? <laughs> Only Larsa says, yes, they do. They all believe that. So Alexia goes, well, I mean, I believe it if she says it. And so... And Andy turns back to Larsa and goes, so season one of Miami housewives. Was that the butt that was here? <laughs> is your real ass in the room with us today, Larsa? Is it? And the flashback to that long back. Thank you. Thank you. Because I know for a fact it is, I tried to look, it's hard to find pictures of Larsa from before, and I know she wasn't that famous, but like, she seems like a girl took a lot, took a lot of pictures. I think that's tactical, because she doesn't want people to do too much compare contrast here. So thank you to the producers, because a pre two thousand nineteen Larsa ass is hard to find, like like the Princess Diana beanie baby. <laughs> so then Marisol goes, I think she just got heavy, Er, heavier. <laughs> It just laughs. Girl, you're out of pocket. So then Andy turns to Marisol with a question from a viewer and the rest of the planet. Can you get near fire or are you afraid that you'll burst into flames because you're like made of 80% alcohol? Marisol has the audacity to say everybody here drinks a lot, but I only take it a little extra in my confessionals because I'm branding and marketing a future brand. Honey. Even Karen got to the discovery phase before she started talking about LaDom. Like, you're not even branding and marketing. You getting wasted and just, like, chugging whatever bottle of vodka is near. Branding and marketing for a future brand. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting drunk now on whatever. So with the future, brand, whatever that brand might be. I'll be ready. Now, I did hear that she did tease that she's going to be doing a liquor line with a famous Miami-based celebrity. Just say who it is, girl. Is it Got it. <laughs> I hope so. I would like Marisol and Flo Rida to team up for some sort of liquor and nobody else from Miami. Nobody else. Not Pitbull. Nobody. Not J-Lo. Not Rosie O'Donnell. Think about it. Marisol and Flo Rida. Yeah. That, that's got a ring to it. Marisol, tons of excuses. Like, James Kennedy, at the ready, one after the other. Just like a whirling dervish to where you don't even really know what she's talking about at the end of it. But she starts off by saying, I'm never mean. I'm never sloppy. I never hurt anybody. Maybe I'm hurting myself. But i'm just having a good time so andy asked nicole if like were you just joking when you said that marisol's drunk half the time and she's like i don't know like i hope she's not drinking in the morning like clearly she was joking but then marisol goes nicole you probably drink more than me or anybody on this cast put together (laughs) and everybody's like what (laughs) what So Julia is completely confused. She's like, I've never seen Nicole drunk. And Marisol goes, well, you get mean. You punch me in the arm. Marisol, we're talking about this engagement party where Nicole had just been told by Larsa that she was busting it down for everybody in the hospital. (laughs) And you put your arm on her to be like, no, woo, 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 don't be mad about that. And she... Bad it she swatted your arm away. You punched me in the girl, girl. It's giving Raquel at this point. Why don't you Why don't you try to file a restraining order on that one? God, oh my gosh. So then, Larsa and Alexia get on Nicole for saying, you know. That her dad still hasn't apologized to her even after her saying he would and that she should just accept it. You know, he's an old man. Like, he's strong. You can't change him. Just stop it. Get over it. And shout out to me. <laughs> shout out to me for my rant last week being like, why is it that people keep make, trying to make Nicole accept shit and, the, and accept everything that happened to her? And he has to do nothing. And he's the daddy. You're the pappy. And he doesn't have to do shit. But we're asking her to bend all over backwards and just be like, oh, let it go. So Nicole says, you know, it's really hard. I, it's been years of me having to deal with be being disappointed by him. And, you know, last week he was saying, oh, she uh, got bonked in her forehead and Nicole had to be like, no, I got run over by a car. And then we find out that she was actually in the ICU for a month because of this situation. Not like, oh, she just got clocked in the forehead. <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> I hear you, Dr. Nicole. I hear you and I feel you. Because nobody else seems to want to do that for you. And I, I actually find that extremely frustrating. Sometimes I want to be like, am I too sensitive? But No. You were in the ICU for a month? She's allowed to be mad about that. Like, homeboy daddy told that story like, oh, we went to the mall and uh, I wasn't looking at her and she like ran into a glass door and, and had a little uh, knot on her forehead. Like, <laughs> she got run over by a fucking Lincoln Continental. Bitch, I'm, I'm with you. I'm very with you, Nicole. She starts crying. She's like, I just get frustrated when people tell me to get over it. Like, it's hard and then adriana's like i get it my dad left the house when i was seven and you know it's you're having to fight over and over and advocate for yourself because you didn't have your dad to protect you and i don't really think that's what nicole's saying but i think that you're trying to set up base for uh, what all whatever bullshit you said about frankie so uh, okay i don't think anybody took that in adriana but nice try so nicole then says that she and her dad met with Lisa, the therapist, two other times off camera. She still hasn't met the girlfriend yet, but she sees her dad a lot more. So Andy asks about the girlfriend, and she says her brother's met her. She thinks she's like 21, 25, I don't know how old, she said. Her dad's like 70, and she says that the brother told her the girlfriend's kind of upset because she called her a hoochie mama on camera, and then she laughs at that, and so did I, because, girl... Are you even old enough to know what a hoochie mama means? Like, no shade to Nicole, but I feel like they people stopped saying hoochie mama before this girl was even born. You know what I mean? <laughs> so once that girl's age gets brought up, Larsa tells on herself, she's like, I don't know why we have to talk about age. Like, if he's happy, like, just let him be happy. Like, who cares? You know, like, maybe bringing her in will help your relationship. Maybe it'll help. Maybe you're the problem. Why do we care about how old people are? I don't care. Definitely not about my boyfriend. I don't care about that. We definitely shouldn't judge people for, you know, now fucking people that they knew when they were literally children. If they're happy, who cares? Speaking of which, Andy then talks to Larsa and goes, you know, last time we heard you were with Marcus Jordan. And Larsa says that they're dating officially. Um, so annie brings up the fact that uh marcus is closer in age to her son scotty jr than her and she's like oh is he like i don't think that's true they're like yeah scotty's 22 and marcus is 32 and you're like 46 or something which is 14 years to the 10 oh, okay well i haven't really thought about that yeah i didn't even realize it so i don't feel anything They cut to break. At some point, John Mayer FaceTimes Andy. who They're best friends, if you guys didn't remember. Um, Nicole wants to know, apparently John Mayer is her hall pass, but he's on tour, I guess, not stopping in my, I don't like John Mayer. (laughs) The only reason why I'm saying this is because Larsa, everybody's like, oh my God, John Mayer, John Mayer, John Mayer. And Larsa just looks up and goes, John Legend? And I, I do appreciate her for that. I did. I did. So Andy opens up Alexia's clip package with move over Streisand and Gaga because a certain OG housewife claims she was born a star. Can we all agree that everyone out here is a narcissist? (laughs) So Alexia goes, I think self-confidence, self-confidence is the best trait. So Andy goes, yeah, I mean, but we're all narcissists, like we're all in front of the cameras. And Alexia goes, that's true. But this is my clip package, so I'm going to start talking. So then Adriana gets up and she says, Andy, I took a class on abnormal psychology and hands Andy a paper with the definition of narcissism, including having a grandiose sense of self-importance, a lack of empathy for others, excessive fantasies or, uh, you know, of brilliance or beauty. And then Andy goes, you know, I'm going to correct that. I don't think everything, everybody out here is a narcissist. So Alexia says that the only narcissistic trait that she has is actually a good one, which is self-confidence. And then she says, I was born a star because my parents instilled that in me. So Nicole and Gertie say, okay, but the issue is that you put other people down. And she goes, you know, I think you guys resent the fact that I'm resilient. (laughs) Why would anybody resent that? Just like I still can't wrap my mind around on New Jersey why Jennifer would have it in her mind that Margaret would be jealous of her for that fucked up marriage that nobody wants to be in, including Jennifer herself. Why would Margaret be jealous of you for that? I feel like you could maybe find something else that Margaret would be jealous of that made sense. You don't even like your marriage. Why would Margaret be jealous of it? Well, she has a guy who's like literally horny for her all the time. And then half the time he like doesn't even bother her and he goes to sleep. He's like, oh, I'm like, please, I think you're so sexy, but I'm going to fall asleep right now. Which is like, you know, once you're in a relationship for a few years, it's like, thanks. Thanks for doing me. Just just say it sometimes, you know, (laughs) like, are you getting that from Bill? I don't think so. But anyway, why would they be jealous that you're resilient? What do you mean? And then at one point, Alexia started talking about how, like, she's had a lot of love in her life. And, like, no shade, but I'm sorry, weren't you married to, like, a drug dealer and a guy who couldn't love you because he loves men? He was gay. What? What love? Wasn't... Okay. And for all intents and purposes, it wasn't even like, oh, I love uh, Alexia, but I'm gay. No, I think Herman didn't even like her, and on top of that, he was gay. So... (laughs) Okay. This eventually ends up with Gertie and Alexia getting into it because Alexia never thanked Gertie for the flowers that she sent on her wedding party night or so I don't know. I-, I love Gertie, but I honestly don't care about the beef that she has with Alexia because while I will say that Alexia is one of the more offensive people that we've seen on television, I don't think genuinely, that she was trying to insult Gertie's dearly departed brother by way of talking about uh, wanting a fabulous party. I just don't think, I don't think that that was Alexia's intention. Alexia ends up telling Gertie that she felt like her sending those flowers was just fake or staged, which I also don't believe. Um... But then it ends up with Alexia telling Gertie, "Um, you're not going to castrate me like you do Russell. Uh, Well, damn. Damn. So Andy asks about Alexia's Russian prostitute comment to Julia and Alexia says, well, Julia read the card. That was my answer. And listen, I'm so sorry. I mean, I wasn't at the moment, but I didn't know that it was a trigger for you for moving here to America and then You know, Marisol's trying to help Alexia out. She's like, yeah, I mean, you didn't know about the stigmatism. And she's like, yeah, I mean, the stigmatism and all that. I didn't know about that. So Adriana just keeps going. Stigmatism is an eye disease. That's an eye disease. It's not. It's not what you mean. And Nicole's cracking up. She's like, it's Stigma. And so Maricel goes, okay, Amex. Like she's like Nicole said, Amex instead of Amex at, at that party, right? So Nicole goes just very coolly, I'll add you as a co-signer so you can have one too. Just like clean. Clean. I love that. We do see an unseen footage clip from that night where Alexia does approach Julia and apologizes, says, I'm sorry. She hugs her. Julia said in that moment, it was kind of a non-apology. So she didn't accept it, but she obviously just doesn't want to drag it out. But it was an insult to Russian women. Then a viewer asked Alexia about not scrolling down to see that Terry, uh, the guy that Adriana was dating was actually divorced or whether or not she even bothered to apologize to Adriana or Terry afterwards. And Adriana says, no, she didn't. So Alexia goes, well, I'm actually not going to say I'm sorry. Like First of all, that's not her boyfriend. It's somebody that she rents like she did last season. And, you know, these men just get a hard-on for saying that they're dating a housewife. That's what they get out of it, right? So, Adriana says, Terry's a doctor. You know, last I checked, they had a full schedule. Too full of a schedule to be rented out to anybody. But Larsa, Larsa Pippen, the one who's fighting for her life over these yacht girl allegations, goes, you can rent anyone. (laughs) And then the camera just sat on her for a few seconds. And thank you. Thank you. Because we all needed to let that one sink in. You can rent any. Can you? Can you, Larson? Tell us more. Then Adriana gets up and shows Andy even more receipts of a conversation that she had with Alexia back in 2020. Basically, during this conversation, Alexia is trying to hook her, Adriana, up with somebody, some dude that she says... Uh, has you know been interested in adriana for a while adriana asks alexia is this man married and alexia goes lmao i don't know <laughs> so Ale- adriana goes i don't want to deal with a married man that's bad karma so first they're like oh that doesn't mean anything blah 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 we don't whatever she this is just like whatever so <laughs> alexia responds in that text message Well, he's always been interested in you and the truth is his marriage has never been good. So then they have to slowly explain to Alexia, you were trying to bury Terry for being married, but you're admitting in this conversation that this dude is married and you're trying to hook up Adriana with him anyway. Do you understand the hypocrisy of that? No, no, she does not. No, she doesn't. Andy asks about the perception of Alexia having a hard time owning things and apologizing. And Alexia says, well, I only apologize when I mean it. So I'm sorry if I'm not sorry. Nicole says, when you have something done to you, you expect people to apologize to you immediately to your liking. Like I had to go to a schedule lunch with you. I had to do this. I had to do that. And Alexia is just nodding like, yeah, yeah, you did. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you basically ask people to suck your toes. Larsa then yells at Nicole for not apologizing to her for being judgmental. And when Adrienne (laughs) tells her to be quiet, Larsa goes, oh, you be quiet. You look like a bird. You look like a bird. So the episode ends. Andy asks Nicole how she felt after seeing that whole scene with the lawyer and the Amex. Like, do you see how Alexia may have been upset about that? Lisa speaks up and she says, the whole thing was embarrassing because, you know, this event was for me. And everybody was yelling and, you know, everybody's just screaming and yelling. And here's this guy trying to be professional. And Andy goes, yeah, I've never related to anybody more in my life. that's it, I know exactly how he feels. <laughs> this brings back the Alexia saying I'm a star comment. And Alexia says to Lisa... Yeah, I still believe it. And I encourage all of you to believe that. Because if you did, Lisa, you wouldn't have let Lenny do all the things he did to you. You need to have self-confidence, Lisa. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Brrr, uh, oh, what's the problem? <laughs> she really is like Teresa in Miami. It's incredible. It's incredible. Ooh. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.